This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is going on, everybody? I am Jamie Shaw. I am joined by my co-host, Scott Spinelli, and this is The Breakdown. Scott, how's it going today? Awesome, Jamie. Excellent uh, on this setup here in the Northeast. Uh, great to see you again. I hope you had a nice Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving was great. Um, I hope you and your family did as well. I know basketball season is getting going here. Um, but before we jump in to introduce you to Louisville, I want to introduce ourselves, let the listeners know who they're listening to. My name is Jamie Shaw. Uh, national recruiting analyst at Rivals.com. I'm also the author of one of the largest scouting services in the country, the ABC Scouting uh, Report. Scott, tell them who you are. Well, Jamie, I've had a chance to uh, be in this coaching thing for a long time, and I've been able to coach at every level of basketball along the way. Uh, started as a prep school coach, a head coach at two different prep programs. Um, from there, I went into the college coaching game and had a a uh, chance to coach from the low major, mid major to the high major level, as well as had some pro experience in my background, um, as well as being an interim head coach uh, at the ACC level. So kind of done the whole gamut, Jamie, and uh, had a chance to meet a lot of wonderful people along the way and work for a lot of great uh, basketball minds and people over the years. Absolutely. And we've taken this journey so far. We started this podcast. We've taken this journey through the ACC. We're wrapping it up here, doing our final couple teams. Uh, right now. So before we jump into Louisville here, uh, we ask that you go ahead and subscribe to this channel, whether you're listening to it on the podcast or the YouTube channel, um, rate it five stars and, and leave a comment below what you think about this Louisville team upcoming. Also, as we said, we're going through the whole ACC. So make sure you go back and check out the other teams and previews as well. But as I said, we're jumping into Louisville here. Uh, this is Chris Mack's fourth year at Louisville. He's coming off of a 13 and seven record, uh, seventh place in the ACC. Last year, they had a loss to Duke in the uh, ACC tournament. Had they won that game, they probably would have gone into the NCAAs. But a tough uh, loss for them last year. Prior to Louisville, Chris Mack was 215-97 and 97 at um, Xavier. Now, the first six games of this season, Chris Mack had a six-game ex- uh, suspension coming in. They went 5-1 and one throughout that time frame. Scott, I know that you've coached against him being the interim head coach at Boston College last year and assistant coach in the ACC for the last 10 years. What do you know about Chris Mack and, and what type of program is he running there? Well, first of all, uh, you know, his teams have always been um, a threat in terms of just coming into a game and understanding that they're going to really get after you on the defensive end of the floor. Um, they're very well drilled. They're very disciplined defensively. Um, they've taken on that identity and they've done a, an unbelievable job at recruiting. I mean, they're getting guys who are five star players. Um, and they're continuously developing them within the program. And they've also kind of dipped into the transfer portal like many high-level programs have as of recent and brought in 
uh, a lot of fourth year, fifth year transfer guys to kind of bolster their roster. Uh, but again, you know, when you talk Coach Mack, you talk Louisville, you're talking about a program story program over the years. Um, and it all starts with them in terms of their defensive intensity. And they'll get into you now full court. They'll pick you up 94 feet uh, at times, really pressure the basketball, get up in the passing lanes. And then offensively, they're looking to really get up and down the floor and run. But, yeah, his teams are really, um, you know, teams that really get after you on the defensive end of the floor, Jamie. And just like you mentioned, they have a very interesting roster this year. They're playing nine guys consistently uh, 12 12 or more minutes per game. They have four returners, Dre Davis, Malik Williams, Jalen Withers, and then they have a whole bunch of transfers that are mixed in. Let's start kind of going through the roster, uh, going piece by piece with with the roster they have. Let's start with Noah Locke. He's the leading scorer. He's currently the only guy they have in double figures. He's a senior transfer from Florida. Big-time shooter. We all know that. What will Locke bring to this program this year? Well, I've had a chance to watch Noah over the years. We had his uh, AAU team at, at Boston College, Winston Tabs. So uh, he played for Team Mellow out of Baltimore. And Noah's always been a guy that can consistently, um, you know, really hurt you from that three-point line. Pure stroke, shoots it exceptionally well from the three. Uh, you know, he's, he's a guy that can get his shot off at just about any time he wants to. Um, and again, you know, he played at Florida, so he's been in those big game situations, uh, in the SEC. He's been, he's a proven, uh, guy in terms of his ability to knock down the three point shot. You know, he's actually mid range game has gotten better. He's finishing, uh, you know, towards an elite level finisher in transition. So he's really evolved his game and he's been a very, very valuable part of what Louisville's done so far this year. Any good team we have in college basketball starts at the point guard position. Louisville brought in three players who will be running time, spending time at the point guard position this year. You have Jared West, the Marshall transfer, who's leading the team in minutes played this year at 29. You also have Juco transfer Elbert Ellis, and you have Western Carolina transfer Mason Faulkner. Um, How do you see them kind of working out those point guard minutes, and what do you see from each of these players' uh, dynamic? Well, what's nice to, you know, you talk about this as a coach, right? You talk about having three point guards in your program. You need all three of them. And obviously in Louisville's case, they've got three experienced point guards who have all been there, done that. Starting out with West, the one thing about him that really um, has kind of caught my eye early is that, you know, as a point guard coming into a new program, he's been able to kind of establish some form of leadership right now. He's a guy that, you know, is savvy, he's cerebral, um, you know, he gets people the ball where they need to have it in terms of setting his teammates up for success, very content with facilitating as well as being an excellent on-ball defender. And the t- other two young men, again, you know, Faulkner, uh, you know, a, a kid that came from uh, West Carolina, uh, has a kid that scored a lot of points throughout his career. Um, you know, he's a kid that's probably going to end up at almost 1,500 plus points 500 to 500 assists, 500 rebounds. So he can do a lot of things from that point guard position, you know, and Ellis, you know, being a junior college transfer, I've seen him plays over at Tallahassee community, a little bit more score first, uh, but again, he can make his teammates better. Um, but I think he's more that guy that really, um, you know, can get going from all three levels, um, you know, for them at the point guard position, but what a luxury to have three point guards of that talent with that type of experience. And as we mentioned previously, this Louisville team is pretty deep. They have constructed, they cobbled together a nice little roster. So we might not go through these players individually, but we'll, we'll go through groupings of them, um, you know, kind of p- positionally and all that type of stuff. 
Next, I want to talk about their wings. They have Dre Davis, who's coming back next from last year, a sophomore, and Matt Cross, a Miami transfer, um, whom you know well from up in the Northeast. These two guys, different type of players, but they're both getting a lot of minutes uh, playing this year for them and having some success. What, what will Louisville need from both Dre Davis and Matt Cross this season to reach this level of success that they're looking for? Well, the one thing that's consistent with Louisville for the time, uh, Coach Max time in the, in the ACC, is they've always had those, you know, big-time impact wings. And this year with those two young men, no different. I mean, Davis is extremely talented, and he's, he's a complete wing in the sense that not only can he score at all three levels, he really gets after you defensively, Jamie. He's versatile. <coughs> Excuse me. He can guard point guards. He can guard bigs. Um, physical, strong, athletic type guy. Um, and Matt Cross, again, uh, you know, he was a highly touted kid coming out of high school. Um, I know his family, very nice family up here in Lynn, Massachusetts, uh, a kid that will really uh, get after you on both ends of the floor also. And Matt is the type of kid that plays with the chip on his shoulder. He plays with a lot of fire, um, you know, can shoot, really shoot the three. His percentages right now uh, aren't as good as I think they're going to be. And the big thing with Matt is when he doesn't rely on the three-point shot and doesn't judge his performance by making threes and just plays to his talent level, he's an exceptionally talented wing, Jamie, at all three levels. You mentioned it earlier in the intro. Um, Louisville teams are intense. They, 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 it, to know Chris Mack, Chris Mack is an intense person himself. So, you know, his personality bleeds throughout his team. They're intense. They play a hard man-to-man type of defense. They pressure you, and they want to turn their defense into offense. Everything starts on the defensive end of the floor with them. Take us through a little bit of what you see from them on defense, and then let's go into some, some plays just so you can show us um, what their defensive identity looks like. Yeah, and to your point, Jamie, there's still a work in progress, right, this year. There's so many new faces. Uh, as you mentioned, the impact guys, you know, from last year, there's not a full roster of them, so they're still – kind of adhering and really adjusting to the identity that Coach Mack and his staff uh, are trying to instill. Uh, at this early point in the season, they have yet to hit their stride as it relates to turning people over. Um, but they are a team that will get after you defensively. And as this season goes, you know, with that leadership from a kid like West, and you hope that, you know, both Faulkner and Ellis continue to be those leaders too, that this is a team that's going to only get better and better and better as the season goes. But what I like to do is show a little bit here uh, about uh, on Louisville as it relates to getting after you defensively, uh, getting up into the passing lanes. Uh, we'll talk a little bit here in some of these clips early right now. I want to show you their full court extended defense. So uh, let me get into their clips right now. In this first defensive clip, we're going to show you how quickly Louisville on a corner three and really kind of at a disadvantage here against an NC state team that really likes to push the ball in transition because you know, they actually have almost five guys on the Louisville team below the free throw line on the shot. So you would probably look at that as a coach and say, you know, our defensive balance, there's nobody back on the shot. But what happens uh, in this case is watch how quickly Louisville uh, gets back on the shot. And you can see here, um, there's already a communication. One of the things that you talk about as a coach, um, you know, when you're building your transition defense, um, as it relates to uh, disadvantage situations, 
is when you have, you know, two guys back, you like to call that a tandem, three guys back, you kind of want to form some form of triangle, four guys back, you almost want to try to get in a diamond set. Um, and, you know, that fifth guy coming over half court usually goes opposite the ball. That's kind of the philosophy um, in terms of fundamentals. But even more than any of that is the communication. Uh, we talk about fingertips and voices. Um, you know, a lot of times young players uh, really get confused in transition because they believe that they're guarding the same man that they actually matched up with in the half court. And that necessarily is not, uh, that necessarily isn't the case uh, every time down in transition. You've got to take uh, the guy in terms of what's gone on uh, in that possession based on what your, where your positioning is and uh, using communication you know, to help uh, one another out. So here you have uh, NC State coming down. Um, you know, you see Louisville, they're kind of a little bit confused here. They got two guys on this right wing, but watch how aware they are and how they come out and they match up. And you can look at and you can hear probably if you, know, you see the thing, uh, fingertips, um, you know, pointing back to the big guy at Louisville, letting them know that, hey, you know, I've got the, I've got here, you take there. Um, that simple communication is really important, right? So on this, in this possession here, you can see, you know, a uh, switch on a, a kind of like a random, almost like a staggered ball screen, double ball screen up top, uh, and they switch it. And now you see the Louisville defenders, for the most part, everybody's in a stance seeing both ball and their man. And so here, um, you know, we, they whip through, we call that a whip through on the handoff. It's not a switch. They just open up and they let them whip through. And then what you have is a side ball screen here. And you can see how aggressively uh, Louisville is attacking that. So they're what you call hard hedging on this ball screen. Uh, usually the rule of thumb is to make the ball handler feel you. Um, you'd like to have no more, have them, no more than two dribbles before you release in terms of the hedge guy. And what happens is now he takes him out away from the basket. Um, typically in shell drill or in drill work, you'd have this opposite slot guy right at that elbow. So he couldn't make that pass to the corner. And then you'd have that two pass away ultimate help guy, probably above the charge circle might be a little bit low here just so he's in a position where, you know, he can engage. And also uh, if he has to recover to that corner, he can, but really good job here. Uh, Louisville on the ball screen. And you can see, um, you know, maybe they could have done a little bit better job at attacking the ball a uh, high hand. So they probably would have made this NC state guy put a little air under this pass that he throws to the corner, but because you can see the awareness, you know, we talk about that positioning right there with the Louisville help side defender, almost similar to that of baseball when you're on first base and they call it a running lead where the pitcher's getting ready to go into his windup and the player on first base in baseball is kind of just walking and almost running uh, to get his lead. So he's anticipating the windup pitch. And in this case, the Louisville defender does a really nice job and help side of almost like that running lead. And he's moving on the flight of the ball and he gets there, um, you know, to, and makes him put it down.
And then what he does is, you know, really good job at, you know, almost like staying between him and the basket, airplane technique. You can see the big guy kind of walling up, making himself big. And you can see that opposite guard almost sitting on top of that front leg there, uh, taking away that pass, but also not getting screened where he can also recover to the corner. And he does that again, top foot, high hand contests. Now you want to finish with the block out. And again, you know, to complete every possession um, and you put all that time and energy in, you know, you got to try to finish with those blockouts and come up with the rebound. So um, this next possession here, you're going to see kind of a similar action. Um, and, and what happens here on that ball screen is they actually make the NC State offensive man feel you, you know, in this next possession. And we show this because, you know, I think oftentimes as a coach, you talk about first possessions, um, you know, and really setting the tone, right? And so, you know, you got to watch Louisville in this possession. First possession of the game, little back screen, you know, um, you know, we talk about the big whose man set it, kind of helping straight back to the goal, um, you know, making sure they don't throw any of those direct passes uh, if his teammate does get back screen there. But he helps. And now he's fighting him in the post. And this is drill work. When you're teaching your players to front the low post, what you want to teach them is to sit on the offensive man's front leg. So what he's trying to do is sit on that front leg. Now, again, you got to be careful to tell your defenders or your team not to go to your heels because they'll just pull the chair up from underneath you and you'll fall, you know, like they used to do when you were in grammar school. So you want to sit on that front leg on the balls of your feet. The technique should be one hand up and one hand on the offensive man. But again, if you can get lower than him and drive him below that knee back, now there is no high-low. And so that would be the technique that you're looking for. The Louis De Louisville defender is physically fronting him um, and, again, does a really good job at sitting on that leg and taking him back and forcing him into kind of a desperation save out of bounds under. And, again, setting the possession, you know, um, you know, Obviously, we've talked about great defense stats with pressure on the ball. There's pressure on the ball there. Um, you know, you can see a little bit of a ball screen there. And, you know, the big guy, Williams for Louisville, gets out and makes the offensive plan, uh, plan for DePaul Phelan. And then you kind of see the Louisville defender here moving to tag. But because the pass is already made to his man, he actually recovers high hand closeout. And again, top foot, high hand, contested shot, finish with the blockout. That's a tough blockout, but you've got to make it because he's coming from the three-point line, and they come up with the ball. So again, those possessions are what really matter uh, game to game. But we wanted to show you that first possession because it does set the tone uh, for the entire game. And for coaches out there, you know, you're stressing and emphasizing defense all week. That possession, even if they score, as long as your team defended with some uh, sense of urgency and really set the tone, uh, I think that's a very good message uh, to convey to, to, to your teams. With all the pressure that they bring to you, with all the man-to-man -man defense they play, you got to have rim protection in the back. Malik Williams, he's there for his fifth year now. Um, he's averaging uh, eight or nine points. He's averaging nine or ten rebounds per game this season. 
what type of factor does he bring to the table for this Louisville team? Well, I'll tell you, he's the kid right now that I think is just still, you know, recovering from that injury. Um, and if you look at Malik Williams, he's kind of a guy that, you know, almost projects what you're looking for at the next level in your big guys. He's long, he's athletic, he's very versatile. To your point, he can defend and protect the rim. He can also switch out there on smaller guards. And then offensively, you know, he's a matchup nightmare because he can take you in the boast. He's a lot stronger than I think he appears. Um, you know, great body, great lower base to him. He's also a capable mid-range pull-up shooter. And he's very, very uh, good from the three-point line at his size. So you're talking about a matchup nightmare um, and a kid that I think has a chance to be one of those next Louisville guys that, um, you know, is, is coined special in terms of his ability to project to the next level. With the versatility of Williams that he has too, uh, he's got a couple of combo forwards as well that are coming back on this team. Uh, Chris Matt, that he's playing through a lot. Jalen Withers and Samuel Williamson. Williamson, a former five-star recruit, six foot seven, about 210. Jalen Withers, about 6'8", six, 6'9", six, a big, strong guy, former top 100 player as well, the son of Curtis Withers, who used to play UNC Charlotte and everything. What, how important are these two guys to the success that Louisville is looking to have? Well, I, I tell you, when you talk about those two young men, you're talking about two versatile uh, players, once again, that present problems for the opposition on both ends of the floor. Let's start on defense. You know, Withers and Williamson, both with their length and their athleticism, they've both got, you know, good enough foot speed to be versatile enough to play multiple guys out on the perimeter and in the post. They're strong enough to defend bigs. On the offensive end, both guys are exceptionally talented. Right now, Withers is a lot more, uh, a lot more of a three-point threat than Williamson is today. Uh, but in time, you know, I think Williamson and Louisville's done an unbelievable job with Coach Mack and his staff at developing players. We saw that last year with Carlick Jones and how he made the transition, um, you know, from a you know mid-major to there and how now he's been a you know NBA-type guy. So they do a great job in their individual development. I think Williamson will benefit uh, from that side of it too, strength and condition and so on. But both those two guys are complete wings. They're, they're, they're matchup problems. And they can, they can really propose problems for you on both ends of the floor. With the type of length, mobility, and depth this team has, the focus that they have on defense, let's take a look a little bit at the offensive end. As we mentioned earlier, they try to turn their defense into offense, but they also try to get out and run, play a lot in transition. And then once they get in the half court, they play out of ball screens a lot, make reads and, and uh, play out of the pick and roll. Talk a little bit about their offensive identity and let us know, uh, you know, take us through some clips as to what they're trying to do. Okay, yeah, and I think, Jamie, you made a great point, and, and let, it's going to start right here. The first clip I'd like to show is how they turn you over and how quickly they can convert from defense to offense. Uh, without further ado, let me get into this first clip. One of the things about Louisville that they have really established uh, during Coach Mack's time there uh, offensively is an identity in which they really want to get out and transition and run. Uh, preferably on missed shots, but they also will run on makes, um, block shots and steals, and they really put pressure on the defense. In this first clip on a missed shot, we're going to show you how fast and Louisville in terms of getting into, out in their lanes and running. The one thing that's really hard in basketball to defend 
is when you have multiple guys uh, on the opposition that can actually uh, take the ball and lead the break. That really makes it difficult because now what's happening is your guards at times uh, aren't necessarily uh, stopping the ball and your big guys who are used to pretty much sprinting back um, are ha having to adjust. In this first clip, we're going to show Louisville in a transition miss shot, really pushing the ball, getting out wide in their lanes. And you can see, I mean, there's no stoppage. They're trying to play downhill. Um, and in this possession here, you can see DePaul, who really is kind of backpedaling early in the game, uh, probably hasn't having to get used to the speed in which Louisville plays. Uh, probably got, they adjusted, I'm sure, as the game went on. But in this clip, they don't see the ball. Louisville, who's trying to get to the basket and transition, um, you know, right to the basket and then fills uh, Lane Williams for an easy basket. Uh, that's vintage Louisville basketball in transition. On this next clip, you're going to see on a made shot and how fast they get the ball in bounds. The one thing that a team like Louisville has to do, any team that wants to play fast, not only on misses, but on makes, they have to work on this in practice. And this is drill work, right? So you're actually working on getting the ball on a made shot, stepping in as quickly as you can and getting your guard as far up the floor with his butt to the sideline as you can in terms of outletting the ball. And then everybody is running their lanes. First big, you know, is rim running. Their wings are running nice and wide. And what happens here, you can see the Louisville point guard here with his head up. And because there's a little bit of a miscommunication and the defense, in this case, Western Kentucky, loses sight of that uh, wide uh, running wing for Louisville, he just keeps cutting to the basket and a great pitch ahead in which he just actually goes up, catches it with two hands, makes a big-time pass, to Williams for the finish. Again, Louisville missed, made, steals, block shots. They're a team that really gets out in transition and puts pressure on the defense by trying to create easy baskets that way. In this next clip, we're going to show you their secondary action. And obviously, there's a lot of different things that they can run. But in this case, they run a typical secondary action on the perimeter, but this time the drag ball screen, uh, you know, you call this kind of a, you know, running ball screen in transition. Uh, they're setting it with an empty side. So there's, it's, there's nobody below the actual um, ball screen in the corner, strong side corner. So they have three guys spaced out perfectly, one dead corner wing, and they've got an opposite uh, guard coming down or, or big in that slot. So this time when he comes off the ball screen here, um, you know, there's really not a lot of ball screen coverage in terms of uh, the big, whether he's showing or flat, there's not a lot of support. So the Louisville offensive player splits the defense, meaning he goes by his man, he's got him on his hip, and then the one pass away defender doesn't get a full body in there. And because of that, the Louisville def offensive now uh, player now splits him, and now he's getting into the paint where he draws that help side defender uh, who's guarding the weak side dead corner man for Louisville. 
And on this case here, he probably should be attacking him and trying to fly and fly and wall. Um, but he allows this pass to be made. And now DePaul is in a rotation. This is drill work. They rotate to the ball and then they rotate back out uh, on, on the one more. And, you know, you can see at this level in the ACC, when you give an opportunity to a great shooter where he can actually catch it, shoot it in rhythm, you know, um, the DePaul the, the defender, although he got there and challenged it just a little bit late there and Louisville makes you pay. On this next possession here, you're going to see Louisville here coming down uh, a little bit of false motion up top. And what they do is they actually set a little screen down here, pin down, and they're running their four man up into a ball screen. What they're trying to do here is trying to create a matchup uh, on a switch where now the point guard from DePaul, who's guarding, excuse me, for Detroit Mercy is guarding the ball has to switch here with his teammate. So you have a one four switch on this ball screen. And what happens is the Detroit point guard now is stuck guarding Louisville's four man at six, eight or better. Um, he's given up a lot of inches and a lot of strength there in the post. And what Louisville does here, a really good job of just flashing Williams to that high post area and the Louisville big here, or the foreman, does a really nice job of what we call swiveling, where he's using his butt as his eyes, where he's keeping contact with that Detroit Mercy defender, and he's moving his feet, not allowing him uh, to get around. Uh, conversely, Detroit Mercy defender, the only way he can get around here is to take a step back, break contact, and then just try to fight, you know, to get around here. Um, and do the best he can to try to sit on that front leg and front him in the post. Um, but what happens is, again, Williams is 6'11", very long. He catches it there, and excellent job at swiveling uh, in the post. Um, you know, good pass, even a better catch, and even a better finish. Uh, again, initiating the switch and exploiting a matchup similar to that of what NBA teams do uh, a lot. So we went through this roster. We went through their identity and what they try to do. We know Chris Mack has had success. Louisville's expectations are Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final Four type expectations as a program every single year. They did a good job cobbling together this roster. They have four returners that they're getting minutes from, and they have some JUCOs and, and fifth-year transfers and some transfer guys that are getting big minutes from too. So we know that it's going to take a little bit of time for this roster to mesh together, but we also know there's a lot of talent here. You have experienced coach, you have experienced talent. What can we expect out of this Louisville team? And will they be able to reach their expectations of the sweet 16 elite eight elite four, uh, final four type of uh, year? Well, Jamie, I think you hit the nail on the head. They obviously have the talent. They have a very complete roster. They have what every coach is looking for. And that is proven productivity uh, as it relates to the guys they brought in. These guys have all done it uh, at their respective places, some at the high level, mid, uh, Noah Locke, Florida, uh, and some of these guys coming in from, you know, Faulkner from West Carolina. So this is a team that's been put together with great uh, experience, with talent. Uh, now the question is, how is this all going to mesh? And, you know, Jamie, I think there's a big 
difference right now in college basketball, and it's really kind of uh, obvious. Some programs are sticking to the old-fashioned way, and that is building their program within continuity, developing their guys, um, earned roles, guys who are earning their roles, earning their jobs. There's a camaraderie amongst those type of teams um, that have been together for a long time. And then you have this device now, this I call it device, this transfer portal, which really now uh, almost, you know, it presents a free agency in college basketball where now guys can be given roles, you know, leaving where they were to come to another program where they're going to be given a role that they may be looking for or that team needs. And so it's a very interesting conversation to have. Um, for me, I'm a ball. I love developing guys with it. I think one of the biggest things that I enjoy as a college coach, Jamie, is getting a chance to watch the kids develop through their time, um, watch how they uh, grow up both on the floor, off the floor, um, their relationships with one another, with the coaches, with the administration, as well as their classmates. I love that aspect uh, from a coach and a dad um, to, to watch kids go through that, um, you know, that evolve that way in college. However, let's not be fooled. You know, um, it's about winning games, right? So you have to win. And I get it. Um, there's a lot of different um, philosophies behind the transfer portal. It is necessary. It is something that I do, I do agree with. Kids need to have the right to be able to choose if they want to stay in a place or not. And it, it gives us, gets us back to what your initial question was. This team right now will be a team that continues to get better if they reach their potential with all of this talent a credit to Coach Mack and his staff, if they can get these guys all uh, on the same page, accepting the role um, that's going to be given them, not their maybe anticipated role, but as you mentioned, you know, they're playing nine guys. Their leading score is 11 points per game right now. So, again, if they can get to that point, this is a team that could not only make a run deep in the ACC, they could be a dangerous team in the NCAA because – as you know, Jamie, matchup, the game of basketball is about matchups, and you never know who you're going to draw in that first-round tournament game in the NCAA or the second round, and you want to have a lot of uh, weapons and a lot of options to play different ways, and Louisville has that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this thing turns out. And there we have it, Louisville Cardinals for the 2021-2022 season. We took you through their personnel, what they're going to be looking to do with each of their players, how their pieces fit together. Uh, took you through Chris Mack. We took you through their identities and what they're going to be trying to do on both ends of the floor. Um, if you enjoyed what you listened to, make sure you go back and listen to the previous podcasts that we have on each of the ACC teams and then subscribe to this channel, whether it be on YouTube, whether it be on the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate us five stars, and then in the comments below, let us know what you think about this Louisville team. Let us know what you think, uh, how they're going to be, who your favorite Louisville player is, et cetera, et cetera. We just want to hear from you and interact with you. But until next time, please make sure that you check back in. For Scott Spinelli, I am Jamie Shaw. Thank you guys very much. This is the story of The One. 
As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.